Nan singanya mabagiti baba. Sedium. Ingganya ma, ingganya ma. Nan singanya ma, mabagiti baba. Sedium. Ingganya ma. Welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We've got a packed show for you today. Lots of San Diego Comic-Con news. We, as you may have guessed, reviewed Lion King. We'll be bringing that for you this episode. And we're finally going to talk about our Disney bracket. Let's do it. Episode three of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have probably our most packed show yet, I would say, um, because San Diego Comic Con, of course, is going on. And I'm actually, I'm kind of terrified to have this episode because there could be news happening and breaking all around us, and we would not be any the wiser right now. Because um, I can tell you, flat out, we had a completely different show planned for you today, and then some things happened last night that changed the trajectory. So we'll get into that a little bit more. Also, as you could probably guess from the open, um, if you haven't figured it out yet, we are reviewing The Lion King. We both went to go see The Lion King, and we'll have our thoughts for you there. And then finally, what I'm the most excited about, the Disney bracket. We are finally going to go through the Disney animated film bracket and give our picks to be judged by all of you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are you nervous? I'm very nervous. Uh, When I filled this out, I had a lot of second guessing, a lot of questioning my humanity, and yeah, uh, like who you are as a person. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like as as I was selecting some of these, I'm like, man, do I really like this movie over that movie? And I just, I'm scared. I'm I'm a little scared. Yeah, and I can tell you, while that may be scary to go through that, it's completely normal. I'm I'm a bit of an expert on the subject. Yeah. Um, you'll call your friendships into question. Mm-hmm. People people who you love dearly, you'll look at their bracket and you'll go, what? Yeah. How have we ma- how have we made it to this point in our lives and you think that Sleeping Beauty is the best is you know just throwing one out there. If you like Sleeping Beauty it's okay. That was my number. That was my oh, winner. Oh great. I blew it. <laughs> um but yeah, so we'll dive into the Disney bracket a little bit. First, I have to tell you. So as you may have, if you're following along with us on social media, I had surgery this last week. Mm-hmm. I am heavily under the influence of narcotic painkillers right now. I'm feeling good. The good thing is to do a podcast, you just have to be able to sit still and talk Mm -hmm. and other than talking that's exactly what my doctor told me to do was just sit still Mm -hmm. so here we are i'm following doctor's orders so we'll take that went to go see lion king though saw the craziest thing on the way to the show i have to tell you this is the most bananas thing so we're heading to the movie theater we live in an urban environment so we live in like a city environment and so we get up to the interstate and there's this huge intersection it's hampton avenue and Highway 64, for those of you who are familiar with the St. Louis area. So, huge, hugely busy intersection. There's people going everywhere. All of a sudden, a guy approaches from the left side of the intersection. He's not going through the crosswalk. He's just walking across the street. He's going to work. Presumably at Emos, he's wearing, like, an Emos pizza polo, and Emos pizza's right there. I'm like, okay. okay, he's going to work. Out of his pocket, he pulls a wad of paper, okay? And he's holding it waist level. 
And he just starts discarding papers on his way across the street, the whole way across. Like, one piece of paper every step. So I'm watching this. I'm like, oh, like, maybe this guy is trying to promote some sort of, like, maybe he's got, like, an album or something. Or, like, maybe he's got a podcast and he's trying to, like, promote. Come to find out, as we get closer, it's cash. What? He's throwing cash money into the street. And not small denominations. $50 bills, Kirk. What? $50 bills. I hope that you, like, just stopped traffic and ran and okay, got all those so, bills. Okay, so, glad you asked. Multiple <laughs> people did. But it's, like, one of the busiest intersections in the city. <laughs> people were literally stopping their cars, like, throwing on their hazards and jumping out and grabbing money off the ground. One guy got, like, 200 bucks. So they're, like, I mean, there's people everywhere. We're all just, like shocked everybody everybody who's not jumping out of their car is looking at the other people like what's happening and that guy is just like not even looking back to see the chaos that he's just just like let let happen in in the middle of the road but yeah that that's i mean i don't i don't i'm i'm at a loss for words because it's just so insane that is bizarre i i I can't i can't stop what's go so what what happened where did he end up do you know were you distracted by the money so he went into the emos he went into the emos he went into the emos he had he had totally deplenished his stack there was no money left but as we're driving by i'm looking down i'm like i'm wondering how much money this is and you know you can tell because the bills are colored now Uh uh-huh you can kind of tell like which color they are so i'm like man that looks like a 50 and then i was like surely not which i mean to be honest any denomination of money would be crazy to be thrown out the way that he was because i mean he probably threw at least 20 bills that that's insane it's insane Man. It blew my mind. And so, I mean, you can just imagine the scene. People are running everywhere. There's cars stopped. There's other cars coming who, who didn't see what just happened or none the wiser. And they're like honking. And they're like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> that is absolutely insane. I just, I just want to know what, what through, went through his head, um, where he got all this free money that he decided I'm just going to pay it forward. Yeah, so let's, let's theorize. Mm-hmm. So my first theory is like this guy is trying to make some crazy political statement. Mm-hmm. Like – Look how people will literally go into traffic to chase money, which yeah. I mean, lots of people did, and I, I, I would have, have expected that because yeah. $50 bills. Um, so there's that. But for being a guy, if that was your plan, he didn't even stop to like look at it. He just did it, and then it was done. Maybe he had someone recording for him like incognito somewhere nearby. Yeah, it could be like a YouTube like yeah. like look at look at what america's come to yeah i'm gonna need to see if if anyone out there can look this up yeah let's try to find it st louis money toss in the street it's an, i mean and that's <laughs> that's honestly the only logical theory i could come up with that this guy is like some sort of influencer youtuber yeah. or just like heath ledger's joker and is like some people just want to watch the world burn, <laughs> yes you know? like maybe he maybe he like this is what he does he works at emo's pizza he makes minimum wage probably yeah he gets his paycheck, he goes to the ATM, he cashes it, he gets 50s out of his account. On his next day to work, he throws all the 50s in the street and starts the whole process over again. Oh, man. Or, what if it's this? What if he is a disgruntled worker and he robbed the cash register, mm, Okay. hates the boss, hates the owner, and decides, watch this, I'm going to give all this money away because these people shouldn't be coming to this particular that could Emos. Be. Could be. And he's like, boom, watch that, it's, you know. The nonchalantness, I don't know if that's a word, but that's a word. The casual the casual manner in which he did this was shocking to me. 
Oh man, I really hope there's a video somewhere. I'm gonna be scouring. Uh, yeah. The so now, now, this. now that you mentioned that, I hope that there is. But this is so. This is what I saw on my way to the movie theater to see the Lion King. To see so the Lion this King. Was, that was the mind frame that I was in. <laughs> what an adventure! I know. And and to be honest with you, I was like, I literally told Jackie, I'm like, anything that we see in the next few hours is gonna pale in comparison to that because that was insane. Yeah, I wonder if it affected how you saw the Lion King. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. Kurt. We'll see. All right, so that I, I had to tell that story right out of the gate because that's just nuts. Yeah, I mean, all I did was I took my kids with me. Took my so I have a five-year-old son, as yeah. you know, your nephew Asher, and my daughter Edie. She's two years old, and my my lovely wife, of course, Aubrey. We all went to see The Lion King, and literally nothing happened. It's uh, got got some. Uh, we snuck some water bottles in for the Ooh, kids. Uh oh, dangerous, right? It is. Look at me, rebel. And uh, then we just got in the car, drove there. That's that's it. We took a picture in front of the Lion King poster. Nothing as incredible as what you just spoke into the world. Yeah, so maybe if we have drastically different views, we can chalk it up as that. I agree. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Let's find out. Um, okay, but first, I, I think, so I don't remember exactly, but last episode, I think I teased a couple of things, one of them being Stranger Things talk. Mm-hmm. We came in fully prepared to talk about stranger things i've been binging it because like i said i'm sitting around i love it so far but we're just not gonna have time because at 9 p.m last night and let me know if this was a similar experience i was sitting on my couch watching stranger things Mm -hmm. and i felt something it was like a disturbance I felt tremor, uh, like a it was a cold sweat, goosebumps, and I was like, something's just happened. You got a Peter Tingle from Spider-Man. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, my lights flickered in my house, and I was like, I need to find my phone, because something is happening. Mm-hmm. Turns out, across the country, Marvel was dropping nuclear bombs on the stage of San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. I mean, like... So what was the first news once once this was summoned to you uh, and your house was possessed? What was the first piece of news that you heard out of all of this? We'll talk about all of it uh, as and all, all these bullet points, but what got you first? Yeah, so I went to I went to Facebook and the first thing that I saw was uh, Shang Chi actually. Okay. Shang Chi and the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. which I was like, wow, that is a far out pick for a Phase Four movie. I assumed. I, I mean, I was. They're taking all this in really quickly, so I'm, I was assuming that's what was happening, is that Marvel's like announcing Phase 4, and Shang-Chi's involved, and I was like, okay, no big deal. Well, apparently, like, all this had already gone down, so I'm, like, scrolling, and I just keep seeing more. And we're gonna, like, should we should we dive into all these? Yeah, so, we, sh- we sure can. I'll tell you what, the first thing I saw, yeah. I saw Natalie Portman returning in Thor 4. So that was one of the last things that I saw. Well, so we were on different timelines But it was here. far and away the craziest thing that I saw. Right. Like, all of a sudden, you see her holding Mjolnir, and you're like, what? Yes. <laughs> and I thought it was like an onion piece. Well, and so I, like, scrambled from my phone, and I texted you. And I'm yes. Like, I'm like, I, I, I think I texted you. I can't remember which one I was. I was like, I think it might have been Doctor Strange 2. Probably. Something. something. It was something. It was only one thing, though. Right. And then you, you and I were both, like, discovering things, and we were just, like, it was, like, you, just the ghost bubbles that were saying that we were texting each other <laughs> yes. were going back and forth, and it was, like, bing, 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 bing. All of a sudden, it was, like, whoa, the world will never be the same after this. Yeah, it was super exciting. So, okay, let's, let's yeah, digest so all what, this. So what happened last night is, as, as I think anticipated in some way, we finally got an announcement about Marvel's Phase 4. We knew that they had a bunch of projects. They even had dates on projects, but we had no idea what they were outside of the Eternals and black widow and neither of those had actually been confirmed by marvel they were just it was all rumors heavily rumored yeah Yeah. we had confidence in them but yeah 
So then last night, they hit the stage and they unveiled all of Phase 4. Here we go. And some more. We'll get into that, too. Strap in. But here we go. So first we get Black Widow. This is the Black Widow prequel. I don't think anybody's surprised by this. I'm very excited about this. Mm -hmm. Um, Then the Eternals. Those were the two that we expected. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is a TV show that's going straight to Disney+. Plus. Not a surprise because, again, whenever they announce Disney+, Plus, I think they announced that one, Loki, and Hawkeye. And WandaVision. Oh, and WandaVision. Mm -hmm. So, no, maybe not the Hawkeye show then. Or maybe they did all four of those. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting about that is that this is a Marvel Phase 4 presentation. And so the question that that brings to mind is, okay, so for real, like the TV shows are included, right? It has to be, right? So if you're if we're getting up to the, the next film, if they drop all, f- whatever, 15 episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier... You best be up to date on them. You better binge watch that right before well, it I happens. Well, I assume. I assume, yeah. So that that is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Shang-Chi, which is coming out. Now we're into 2021 if we're talking about Shang-Chi. Okay. Which, whoa, we'll get we'll we'll dive deeper into each of these, but that's that one is the one that catches my eye. WandaVision, which of course is the Scarlet Witch Vision show, and Loki, also a TV show. Then Doctor Strange two which they're calling doctor strange in the multiverse of madness which i believe did i hear correctly that scarlet witch will be joining him in that yes yeah, so yeah so scarlet witch is it's like she's the other leading person in that pretty film. cool that's a good matchup right very there. cool I like very that. very cool then we get the thing that i'm probably well i don't want to say most excited because i'm most excited about something that's coming at the very end of this list but mm-hmm. marvel studios what if mm-hmm which is based on a comic series that they did where they're like, well, what if Aunt May was Spider-Man? You know, they do stuff like that. Yep. Then Hawkeye, which is a TV show, which they confirmed Kate Bishop. So we'll get, we'll get, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Then Thor four, which earlier in the day we started to hear Taika Waititi is back for Thor four. Um, he'll be writing and directing it. It's coming out 2021. I thought that was big enough news on its own. Yep. Come to find out, there's a lot more there. And then finally, Blade. 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 With? With Mahershala Ali, which was far and away, I mean, at least to me, and let's let's go through each of these, but to me, Blade is the big news here. So let's start there. So what's really cool about this, they haven't done Blade in a little while. The last time they did it, they did it pretty well, I think. Like, I enjoyed it. Wesley Snipes. Yeah. It was it was pretty good. Actually, I'm really I'm really hoping Wesley Snipes is involved in this in some way or another. <laughs> but this is this is going to be really cool. And and from the way that Kevin Feige tells it, I don't know if you read this. Mahershala approached them with this idea. Oh, did I you hear that? I did not. Okay, so check this out. This is probably my fa- this is why I'm so hyped on this. Mahershala calls a meeting with Kevin Feige and the brass at, at Marvel, just like out of the blue. Kevin Feige's words were something like, if Mahershala Ali calls, you answer. I think that's 100% true. <laughs> At the time, he was coming off of his second Academy Award win, yeah. like in a row. So, yeah, you pick up the phone. He comes in. They're shooting the breeze. And they don't shoot the breeze for long before Mahershala says, so Blade. And the Marvel guys are like, yes. And Mahershala's like, I love Blade. I want to be Blade. Let's do it. So, like, this wasn't even planned. This was, and, and I mean, obviously this could have happened. I think this, this happened over the last year, but he 
was the one who proposed this, and now they are writing Blade into Phase 4 and into this next saga of Marvel movies, specifically because Mahershala asked for it. He's such a baller. Um, that's that's so cool uh, because of how fast he's risen to such notoriety from his break, breakthrough performances and his double Academy Award wins. Um, and then, yeah, like, how do you bring in vampires to the MCU? Right. He must be pretty confident, and I trust Mahershala with my life. But yeah. so what is what is the angle that they're going to bring in here and uh, and having these vampires what do these vampires look like in the mcu versus when it was wesley snipes oh, yeah so from from a tonality perspective I mean, and and i think we kind of expected this we you and i have been talking about this both on this podcast and just in general that we expected things to get far out in this next phase yeah but we're going way out there you know what's funny in blade three blade trinity yeah which had Jessica Biel. It also had Ryan Reynolds. Mm, oh, that's right. Yes. That's right. So Ryan Reynolds has played a slew of different Marvel um, superheroes. And uh, one one more that's going to be coming back into play. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see something crazy happen. And if there's, oh, man, if there's a, a Deadpool 3. I'd love 3. a cameo or like something like that. Like yes. some, some sort of cameo. So that would be really cool. I think that's going to be insane. I love that this is going to be a passion project from Mahershala because as good as he's been in everything, this is a project that he handpicked. Mm-hmm. This is a character that he handpicked. So just imagine the level of quality we're going to get out of this. This is going to be insane. Yep, I agree. That's that's the most shocking one right there. Um, so then I want to dive into some of these other ones. Um, on the topic of things getting weird and different, they are calling this Doctor Strange sequel, The Multiverse of Madness, a scary movie. So they are saying, and, and take this with a grain of salt, because I don't know what they really mean here, but they are saying that this will be the MCU's first scary movie. It's kind of like, remember that, that MCU movie that was supposed to be made that's like, shell, is it New Mutants, right? Yeah, New Mutants, yep. It's like forever shelved, like they say they're reshooting it and all that jazz, right. so maybe this is their better attempt at it. Yeah, I right mean, here. yeah, I... I and I'm like at the point now where I doubt we ever see new mutants. Right. Like I don't, I don't know that we ever will, but it's there and I think it's pretty much done. Yeah. But anyway, like what is, what's your reaction? Like when they say scary, do you think they mean scary? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't expect gore, but yeah, I'll, I'll take a scary movie from Marvel. That'd be yeah. exciting. Maybe like just really, I mean the font on here, like the font and the logo is like very much like, dracula looking yes. like like I don't, I don't know how to explain it it's like chiller font in microsoft word you know <laughs> what i'm saying yeah um so that's going to be very interesting i'm up for whatever there if it's if it's truly scary that will be really interesting to see how they weave it in yeah. but i'm just excited for more dr strange and maybe that's the bridge maybe that's part of the bridge where they've already started connecting the dots right like so they have you have this uh this world of of wizards right Mm -hmm. (laughs) in dr strange and you have scarlet witch and maybe that world bridges into blade maybe that's like the the gateway uh into opening that up but wow scary movie from marvel would be pretty exciting you know kind of they did that showing some of the illusions um in spider-man far from home so i think yeah that that was like a taste of it of what they could do maybe they're dipping their toes in to see how people react to it yeah because some of those parts were like some pretty good jump scares and pretty good like warped uh, craziness and even with Captain Marvel we saw whenever they were trying to read her mind we saw some some pretty trippy stuff that would also lend itself to to gear us and prepare us for whatever they have yeah yeah no that it should be very interesting I'm, I'm excited. excited for more Doctor Strange there too and I think it's a good call to have Scarlet Witch there because I don't know that and Doctor Strange one was good 
Mm-hmm. I just don't know if you can have that character carry an entire movie by himself again. Especially with the climate of Marvel, because we everything's so interconnected. To see them on their own is just difficult. So even in Spider-Man Far From Home, we got Mysterio, who was kind of like a team up at first yeah yeah exactly and then we knew we know that Mysterio yeah and like was, even still like nick fury was heavily involved yes. there and there was the there was like the happy hogan iron man piece to it as well yes. so yeah i don't think we're gonna get very many true solo films right um so let's dive into some new characters so we've got shang chi which even by marvel fanboy standards i would say this is a pretty obscure character if you're playing a Marvel video game, there's a good chance this guy doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. Um, but what the subtitle for this movie is The Legend of the Ten Rings, which the Ten Rings, based on what I can tell, they're trying to say that that was the terrorist group who got a hold of Tony Stark in the very first Iron Man movie, The Ten Rings, that Obadiah Stane was kind of heading up. So now we're, we're, I mean, we're calling it way back because we haven't even talked about that group since then right i mean we haven't there maybe there's been a was there a little bit of allusion to it in iron man 3 with uh i feel like they they called it back in the iron man story but no one else's yes that okay. is correct yep so those guys are coming back that's cool we're also getting the mandarin not ben kingsley thank goodness fake mandarin real mandarin so we're getting one of the best villains in marvel lore mm-hmm. i'm excited about that and i'm just excited about like this movie is it's because it's such an under the radar pick they could do anything and they're just going to get wild with it and i think it's going to be really fun um and then the eternals which we had the eternals cast which was beefed up a little bit more um we have to walk back the millie bobby brown thing ign ign and a few other outlets were reporting that last week but millie bobby brown came out on instagram and was like nah fam that ain't me basically she is like (laughs) a lot of people are saying that i'm in this marvel movie and that's news to me so Maybe she'll be in it. I I have no clue. Richard Madden was confirmed, so you're you're good, Kirk. Thank goodness. Yeah, you're safe. It's okay. Love you, Richard Madden. We also get Salma Hayek, which was a surprise. Big curveball. Yeah, which I'm excited about. Like she's been in some roles where she has done some action, like um, like Desperado. Like she was she was the the female lead, but she did some pretty cool stunts in that. Uh, with Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Uh, but so big curveball to have her enter the universe, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the TV shows, we won't get into too much. What if is something I'm really excited about. This is a, this is a Marvel concept that has been around a long time, which is like, let's just write crazy stories for the sake of writing crazy stories. And like, sometimes that stuff becomes Canon. So maybe whatever happens in what if could potentially trickle into the MCU. It could trickle into whatever, like it could be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, I was and I want to get your opinion on this. Were you surprised that the show still called the Falcon and the winter soldier? I was a little bummed. I'm kind of disappointed, but what else would you retitle it at the same time? Right. You can't call it captain America and winter soldier. Yeah. Or could you? So is he going to go by Falcon though? Surely not. Surely not. Maybe it's just the lead in. But it was cool. I saw the images of Anthony McKenzie t- taking carrying the the shield Anthony with Mackie. him. Mackie, oh yeah. my gosh! No, you're Edit right. that out. <laughs> and of uh, him taking taking the shield, walking across that stage, so cool. He's such really? a cool guy, dude. He's so cool. I've seen him in all the interviews at Comic Cons and everything, and he is uh, he he just like lays it out there. And yeah, a whole show of him and Sebastian Stan yeah. is going to be legit. I just take it take it back to when they're in the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes yeah that's a good that's a good moment when they're in the car and cap is outside uh outside the car they're they're meeting up 
and they're in the car and he, he says i <laughs> anthony mackie says i hate you <laughs> just yeah. deadpan it's so good yeah i think the dynamic there is going to be really fun oh, I can't and wait. i'll be interested to see what they go with there um hawkeye i mean it's hawkeye and we're getting we're getting the female hawkeye kate bishop um at some point there so that's that should be interesting something we have to talk about here and this is off topic but jeremy renner is now a singer did you see this i did okay we have to facebook this because this is or like we have to post it on every social media channel this is the weirdest thing yeah i i don't i haven't read enough of it because again i thought these were rumors i thought they were jokes and then they just transpired to be real. Like, were, were they for, like, a Jeep commercial? Or? Well, so, like, in the wake of Avengers Endgame, Jeremy Renner just drops a single, just a song. And everybody's like, okay, weird. It's not, like, a real music video or anything. It's just, like, a lyric video that shows, like, silhouettes of him and then, like, the lyrics to the song. And the song's not, like, bad, but it's not good. It sounds like a... I don't know. And then ne- the, the, this week, which is a week after that, he drops a full music video for another song. Oh no! And so I'm like, "What is happening here? Are you are you a, trying to be a musician now? Are you trying to be like a, a recording artist?" He's having like a crisis as the Avengers, <laughs> the the Infinity Sagas come yeah. to a close. I I don't know if he's just trying to like cash in on that. I don't know. So we'll post some, we'll post one of those songs. It it basically sounds like he's trying to be the Imagine Dragons. Okay. So it's got that vibe to it. Yeah, I haven't listened to it. I've just seen him oh, in the studio with the headphones on it's in front of the mic. Okay. Yeah. It's very it's very odd. I I had lots of feelings during it and I was just like I don't know how to reconcile everything that's <laughs> happening in my brain right now. So Oh my goodness. Hawkeye, thank goodness we're giving that guy something to do because otherwise he might release a full album and then we uh <laughs> I don't know where we go from there. Okay, and finally, let's wrap this up with Thor. Because I think we'll have a lot to talk about with Thor. My favorite. So, Kirk mentioned it. We've got Natalie Portman back. Okay? That's a big shock. Were you were you floored by that? I was. Because it seemed that when she didn't return for Thor 3, there was a lot of kind of anger built up in Natalie Portman with how her character didn't get enough, enough development or chances in Thor 1 and you know Thor 2 was hated, right? So it's really shocking that she returned. We even saw her in Endgame, but not her, just an actress that looked like her likeness whenever Thor goes back to his, to his yeah, time Yeah, so they did Asgard. confirm that she did not record any new, like they didn't tape any new scenes with her. Right. For, for Endgame, right? Exactly. So they just used a body double and uh, man, so really shocking one of the most most shocking news that has come out and most exciting too because i love natalie portman she's good and she deserves a chance to shine in this role yeah i'm i'm shocked and a little bit nervous about this okay so i trust taika waititi he's been great he thor ragnarok was fantastic and i trust natalie portman though i don't think i'm alone in saying we did not get the best natalie portman in thor one and two i almost wonder if natalie portman was miscast in thor like she is incredible she no she is but there you know there's some actors you're like i see them working so hard at making this try to fit and it's like ah there's just something missing like just it it could just be a miscasting and maybe this is the time to remedy that yeah it could be it could be jane jane foster didn't feel like a good fit for her i mean she's still going to be jane foster but the other the other big nugget here was she's going to be the goddess of thunder at some point right which maybe that's maybe that's why it was such a good move because Natalie Portman is such a powerful 
person, a powerful woman. Yeah. So when you put her in the in the first Thor, the Jane Foster role in Thor, like she was smart and she was she had a lot of power, but really it that movie was We needed more from her. Sunken Thor. Like the story didn't lend itself to give her enough shining moments. So um, even though she did a great job still. So yeah, that's that that's that's what gives me hope for her her to come out as the goddess of thunder. Yeah, it should be interesting. Um I'm very intrigued to see where they go with this mm-hmm. because the way that it happens in the comic books, if I'm remembering correctly, there is there is a storyline where we get the Jane Foster Thor for a period of time. And it's because Nick Fury like whispers something in Thor's ear that makes him unworthy of wielding Mjolnir. And we don't find that out what that was. I actually can't even remember what it was, to be fully honest with you. Whoa. And so um, in his stead, we get Jane Foster. Mjolnir chooses her. She wields it. She's a total boss with it. Um, she even has some abilities that, like, Thor Odinson. Cause, so they have to start calling him Odinson because he loses the title of Thor. Mm-hmm. So she has some abilities that even he couldn't do, which is pretty cool. Um and ultimately, I think she ends up dying of cancer, actually. Like, oh, Jane Foster gets cancer. I don't know. So I will say I don't think that any of that's going to happen just because traditionally they don't go with exactly what's in the comics. But right. that is the one notable Jane Foster Thor thread that I can remember. So I'm very intrigued to see what direction they go. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I would even be down for like a, sh- uh, a showdown between chris hemsworth and natalie portman like maybe there's like a struggle of power like no like, oh, that would be cool that'd be pretty cool like maybe i don't know if they're like minds are warped or whatever just kind of what we saw in the first avengers when all then meet up for the first time and they're fight they're all fighting each other just because yeah. they're like you know look at me i'm more powerful like that would be really really a cool fight that scene would be to cool play out that would be cool and they did confirm tessa thompson's back as valkyrie too Excellent. which i think we're excited about there mm-hmm. um okay the only other thing i wanted to talk about and I'm, i know i'm bouncing all around here is this Black Widow prequel is going to be interesting because we've got some we got some cool casting. David Harbour. So for those of you who like Hopper and Stranger Things, will be pleased to know mm-hmm. David Harbour is making his appearance in the MCU. He's playing Red Guardian, which is basically the Soviet equivalent of Captain America. So I find it hard to believe that they would just like pop him into this movie and then we wouldn't see him again. I bet they're introing him in this movie so that we can see him later. Seems like a bizarre character to to roll out. But we're going in a weird direction here. We we got a bunch of weird characters coming out and we're getting we're getting crazy. So yeah, it's going to be a while before we really figure out what this direction is, right? Cuz when I think about the first the first round when when all these Marvel the initial Marvel movies were coming out, we didn't really even know who the big bad guy was until I don't even remember. So we see When do we see Thanos? We see Thanos for the first time in avengers right avengers post credit well i think loki goes and finds the chitari like he goes and obtains the chitari from thanos to invade new york yep i don't know that we see thanos's face though i think we hear him we hear him and i think we first see him in guardians one maybe that's it because guardian we do see his face and it there was a misconception when thanos was first revealed that he was red skull because it was a it was such a quick oh, right. shot and it looked a little red but when you watch it back it's definitely that that wrote that purple that violet yeah. that that what thanos is so um so yeah we didn't really know like that introduction so it's gonna be a while we're just gonna be in just like confused in all of this mystery that they have for for some time again i think yeah and so that's a good point so maybe maybe perhaps the bigger story here is not what's in phase four but what's not in phase four so 
what we know is that there's another Guardians coming out. So so uh, Kevin Feige did this really annoying thing last night where he was like, oh, and by the way, like the Fantastic Four are coming and the X-Men are coming and we've got, um, you know, Guardians 3 and Black Panther 2 and Captain Marvel 2. You know, he was like, uh, but those guys will come later. So yeah, off the cuff. Let's assume that those guys are phase five, all of those movies. So we don't know when we'll see the Fantastic Four. This kind of makes me wonder. I was really, really hoping that the next big bad that we would get would be Doctor Doom. I was mm-hmm. really hoping for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe maybe it still will be. Maybe there's time for that. But if we don't get the Fantastic Four until later, I find it hard to believe we get Doctor Doom. Um, the X-Men remains to be seen what's going to happen there. But those are all coming later. And no Avengers movie in this first phase. It will be the first Marvel phase with no Avengers movie. That's pretty shocking. Yeah, so are you how are you feeling about phase four i I mean i'm i'm now hyped about phase five because it sounds like we're getting guardians three captain marvel two black panther two whatever and then presumably an avengers movie but how are we feeling about phase four i feel excited for phase four it's so much being thrown at us i no clue what the direction is i'm just excited to see these yeah pumped to see them play out i think it'll be good i'm I'm actually a little bit relieved that there's no Avengers because it shows that Marvel is still trying to keep us on our toes. They're still inventing. They're still being innovative. Right. There's the, they're they're destroying our anticipation of a structure. Yeah. Which they're You're at their right. best whenever we have no idea what's coming. So this is this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And that was just one night of Comic Con. Like there was so much more. It's it's funny actually to watch how this convention has evolved. Like San Diego Comic Con has always been a big deal, but now it's like the premier convention for all things entertainment. So I want to do some quick hits on some of these other things that came out. We got a full theatrical length catch trailer. What? I mean, so we, we posted it on, I think we posted it on social already. So if you haven't gotten a chance, go to popcorn for breakfast on Facebook and check out that video. What are your thoughts about this, this trailer? Man, I don't know. So before we even got the trailer, we got this strange um, behind the scenes thing. I was actually excited about that with all the actors talking about it. And you saw the sets and and the production. And I was like, okay, there's a chance. This is cool. Yeah. I've never seen Cats. I don't know anything about Cats. I went to school for theater and yet I have no clue what this musical is about. Yeah. My wife, Aubrey, loves loves Cats. She's seen it. She's like, I thought it was great. I thought it was fun. So... I'm going to hold on to that. There has to be, it keeps coming back into our lives. They wouldn't make it otherwise, but the trailer, I'm just, I'm so confused. It's bizarre. Okay. It's bizarre. Yeah. So I'll I'll share my thoughts because I have some strong ones here. Bring it on. I love Tom Hooper. Who's directing this film. He directed Les Mis. He directed, um, the King's speech. Yes. Both good movies. And I thought Les Mis was a really good, adaptation of a stage show to film yep and that's the key and that's what i want to that's what i want to talk a little bit about is when you make the choice to transition a story from the stage to a different medium whether it be film or television or what have you there has to be a very intentional reason for doing that and this looks like they made the stage show into a movie and i'm very confused Yes. Because all of these characters, I'm, I mean, it looks heavily CGI'd, I guess, but like yeah. we've got Jennifer Hudson's face on a cat. Like we've, we've got Taylor Swift's face on a cat. As they stated in the, um, in the behind the scenes trailer before the official trailer, they're using what's called digital fur technology, 
whatever that means. Great. <laughs> so my suggestion is um, don't use digital for technology. I DFT. Guess. Yeah, I mean, they to me, it would have been so much better to do... Okay, so look at what the Lion King just did with their animals and how yeah. real they looked. Can we just get some CGI cats without human faces that look like cats? Right. And make them talk and sing? I mean, is that so much to ask? Or, like, this is kind of a, this is a hot take. Uh, you know, throwing back to Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes, when they did all of the prosthetics and makeup for real with extremely right. low to minimal to no CGI, like, that was just makeup build. Like, that stuff was crazy. It looked so good. They could have done that for this movie. Yeah, they could have. So, I mean, I hate the look of this movie. Yeah. And I just, I, I really feel like if that's the direction you're going to go, keep it on the stage. Because mm-hmm. it, it looks like the stage show. I'm not convinced that there's anything here that I need to see. I have very low expectations for this movie. Yeah, hopefully we get a second. I'm always I'm always hopeful and optimistic. But this one really, really worries me. Especially as a, as a theater, like a supporter of theater and, and, mo- and plays and musicals being transformed into movies. Um, I need a second trailer. Yeah. I will say there is a character in Cats that has the greatest name of all names, Bustopher Jones. James Corden, correct? And James Corden's playing it. I'm like, that's done deal. I, I love that. So maybe that'll be the only thing they do right, but great job. You killed it. Um, okay. We've got a bunch here. I don't know what you want to dive into. Or, or do you want to talk Top Gun? Sure. Why not? Real quick. Yeah. Let's hear it. Yeah. So Top Gun, uh, we've got Tom Cruise and Anthony Edwards as our leads in that. Um, I think honestly the movie, sorry everyone, Top Gun is a little bit overrated. Still fantastic movie, and I'm mm-hmm. ex- I'm excited that there's a sequel. Like j- just let's do it. I love Tom Cruise more than anything, so yeah, let's go. So Tom Cruise, you know we've got all this CGI G- uh, de aging going on. Yeah, Tom Cruise is doing just manual de aging without CGI. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't understand how he's doing it, but he looks younger in this movie than he did in the last Mission Impossible. And I think I, I'm convinced now that he is Benjamin Button or something like that. They actually, he actually did the face app and it was just the same picture of him. The, yeah. The old. They were like, oh, by the way, you'll never be old. That's it. It's, it just will never happen. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll see about that. Um, we've got Watchmen, His Dark Materials, The Witcher. We'll, we can dig into that stuff a little bit more later, but those were all new trailers that we got. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 21 Bridges, we got a full trailer for that. Are you? This is one that I knew you were excited about because we got the Russo brothers. Yes. We've got Chadwick Boseman. Are you more or less excited for it following the trailer? I'm really excited about it. I was, at first, when I saw the, the title, honestly, isn't that great, um, in my opinion. The title is yeah. kind of lackluster, uh, like, oh, this is what's going to happen, 21 Bridges, you know? Right. But it is Chadwick. And when I saw the Russo brothers' name pop up there, and this debuted before Endgame. Mm, uh, this yeah. trailer debuted before Endgame. And then they show they show all the police officers at one of the funerals for one of these police officers, and they like hold their umbrellas up at the same time. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. That's that's a that's a cool visual. We're gonna get something great from this movie. Yeah, and J.K. Simmons is in this too, right? Oh, I don't know. I thought I'll so, take it. Yeah, if J.K. Simmons is in it, did I just make that up? I think J.K. Simmons is at the point in his career where I just want him as a cop for every movie forever. <laughs> yes, please. He, he is in there. Yes. So he's the perfect like police chief character. That's right. Yep. He's on the scene with him when Chadwick's coming up to the... Yep, yeah. That's and correct. I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, yep, that's J.K. Simmons. Let's just cast him in this, this type of role in every cop movie forever and I will be pleased. I'm, I'm down for that as well. And one of my favorite like up and coming people right now is uh, Stephen James. 
Mm. Yes. Stephen James was in Homecoming with Julia Roberts on Amazon Prime. Yes. Killed it. So good. I love him. And the fact that he's playing, it looks like he's playing uh, the, the villain as you're seeing them running ac- all, all across um, the island between Chadwick and, and him. And I'm just so excited for this. Film. I like that too. I like that he's the villain. Yes. Because in Homecoming, he plays a really good character and one that you get very attached to, but I'm glad that he's not being typecast. I'm mm-hmm. glad that he's like, they're putting him in this movie and they're going to show his range a little bit. Yeah. I think yeah. that'll be good. Yeah. He's a good guy. I like him. Nominated for something, nominated for Homecoming. I don't, he didn't win, yeah, for, but he was nominated for, and again, Homecoming, not Spider-Man Homecoming, Homecoming, the Amazon Prime uh, yeah. show that was on. That was Go watch it. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's really good. Um, we also get Zombieland 2 Double Tap. They're calling it Double Tap. I love that title. Yep. Um, we've got the full original cast back, including Bill Murray, which, like, that's kind of confusing. Yes. He, he died. <laughs> yep. Uh, spoiler alert in Zombieland one so uh, maybe that leads to like where they're kind of going um and then also rosario dawson is going to be in this one. Oh, cool so i'm excited for that it should be a good time finally this is the weirdest one to me snowpiercer which is a movie that you and i are very high on oh yeah this was a chris evans movie we saw this together yes it came out we, we had zero expectations it like it got added to a theater near us for like one week because they didn't have anything else to put in and went and saw it it has like tilda swinton and octavia spencer yep and chris evans and it was so so good we both like loved it shortly after that movie came out they announced that they're doing a, a snowpiercer tv show yes which and it's been, so it's been in production for quite some right. time so that what well, the tweet that i saw said it's been four years since they announced that this show is in the works that they're now debuting the trailer yeah and my thought is this looks an awful lot like the movie and I can't decide if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. And I'm, I just pulled up the synopsis because I didn't read enough on it before we started recording, but it does say, um, set more than seven years after the world has become a frozen wasteland. I got to watch the, the movie back again and figure out where does this fit in? Is this before oh, Chris is Evans prequel? is, I would, Im- I would imagine that it is. Um, and maybe at the end of this series, maybe Chris Evans makes a, a cameo. That, okay, like, dream I'm, of dreams right there. If this is a prequel, I am so here for that. If it's yeah. a prequel, I, I think that would be cool. And actually like, if they're going to prequel it, I want to see, I want to see the earth get into this state. So, yes. so basically, sorry, we're skipping around. The, the premise of this show is crazy. Basically there was a climate crisis. Mm-hmm. They shot this chemical into the air and instead of like stopping the climate crisis, it froze over the entire earth. Yeah. And everything on earth died with the exception of this train that was built to run forever. And so everybody who is on that train is the population of the earth. Mm -hmm. And they are just, as long as that train goes, they will be there. The train's just circling around the earth. Yeah. On this track that they, that they purposely built as like a backup plan from like this billionaire guy. And there's like this, there's like kind of this, so spoiler alert, I hope you saw this back in 2013, <laughs> but they, uh, uh, the, he basically this like rich millionaire company, they, they kind of like banked on this happening for some right. crazy weird reason. So they could do this weird experiment. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking if we're going to do a TV show and we're going to do so, sort of like a longer form telling of this story i want the beginning i want to watch them i want to watch the earth get into a state where it gets frozen over i want to see the the calamity and the chaos that goes on there like i want more of this story because 
Part of what's good about Snowpiercer and also what leaves you wanting more, the movie, is that it's so contained within this time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I want more. I, I want t- more there. I totally agree. Cool. Coolest parts about the Snowpiercer TV show is that we have Jennifer Connelly. Oh, yeah. In a lead role. And Hamilton's Davi Diggs. Yeah, Davi Diggs, man. Yes. So, uh, I, I mean, I'm watching it just for Davi Diggs. I'm in. Period. Mm-hmm. If he's in anything, I'll watch it because I'm a huge Hamilton stan, as are you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm stoked. Yep. I'm stoked. Okay. We could talk all day about different things that came out of Comic-Con, but there's just too much. So, mm-hmm. if there's anything you want to chat with us about, hit us up on social media. Like I said, we need to get a chance to dig into Watchmen, His Dark Materials, or The Witcher, which were all big show stealing headlines this this weekend so if you want to talk to us about it i would love to talk to you um hit us up on social media but i want to transition here we go into the lion king should we sing the song again no i mean i think <laughs> that we we just crushed it the first time so i'd hate You're to right. like try to run it back because if it's even slightly worse people would be like oh well they're just like they're a one shot they can't is. they can't duplicate it um so let's let's dive into this review this was I think we mentioned the, the Disney remakes. I want to talk about the Disney remakes a little bit before we dive into the actual review. Okay. Because my opinion of these is that some have been good, some have been not so good, and all of them have been, with the exception of maybe Jungle Book, unnecessary in my mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. Are you? Where are you at on the Disney remakes? Yeah, I, I want to like them. Like It's a cool idea, but yeah, why are we making these movies? Why are we making them live action is the question. You mentioned it either episode one or two, which is exactly correct. So Lion King poses the biggest question because it's a movie that's only about animals. So right. how is it a live action? I think that's uh, a label that people have mis- mislabeled on it, and it should just be called a remake. Yep. Yeah, and this is... This is, in my opinion, the largest one that they've done. This mm-hmm. is this to me is like, this is the one you have to nail. If you're going to nail one, this is the one to do it because people love this movie. It is widely considered a masterpiece. And if you're going to remake a masterpiece, which very few people do, there's got to be a reason to do it. Um, so let's jump into it. Should we? We're going to do the same breakdown as last time. And we're going to do that for every review going forward. That's right. So first thing, we got our synopsis in 280 characters or less. Okay. You want me to start? You want to start? I do. Go for it, man. All right. Mufasa dies of a heart attack, sending Sarabi spiraling into madness. Scar is left to raise Simba by himself, and together they rule the Pride Land with an iron fist. So right away, <laughs> you know that they're going in a way different direction. I was surprised by this, by this direction that they took. Yeah, I mean, that heart attack is out of absolutely nowhere. Comes out of nowhere. Just well, boom, Mufasa's dead, and that's how we start the movie. And Sarabi is just like this maniac. She needs to be put in a padded room, and the way that they create that with, with the different kinds of uh, uh, deer and you, emu. You can stop. And, okay. You can, okay, yeah, you can stop. <laughs> um, yeah, so I didn't feel like I could write a synopsis for a movie that – has already existed so i decided to like throw a curveball there sorry <laughs> uh, sorry i'm i'm terrible at this I that's two it. weeks in a row that i have botched the synopsis <laughs> in one way or another next week you're going to get it perfectly third time's a charm yeah so let's, here's let's hear it here's what basically happens in lion king if you don't know what happens in lion king I had, did you have a childhood like did you go and see it yeah, so please please stop right now and go watch it and end right here and come back on in a minute okay so in the animal kingdom 
the Lion King, Mufasa, is dethroned by his evil brother, Scar. Devastated, the true heir to the throne, Simba, disappears on a journey of self-discovery. Love it. Warning, I didn't uh, character count that, so it might be more than two handed, well, 280. I'm sorry about that. We'll just we'll take you at your word. But okay. I think the point here is, since I was since you decided to do it right and not be a snarky <laughs> jerk like me, we this is the same story. This is the same Lion King story without any big alterations. Right. right? Um, okay, so let's dive into our performances. This is next category is and the Oscar goes to. Go ahead. I'm gonna go with the Queen B, Beyonce yeah. Knowles. I thought she gave us a really good, honest performance, and I thought that I, she didn't get a lot of screen time. Actually, well, I'll dig into it later, but like nobody really did. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she was on, I thought she was great, and also. Her vocal performance was incredible, and I know that maybe I shouldn't consider that, but this is a movie musical, and in a movie with vocal performances that didn't quite match up to the original, hers were great. Absolutely, because she is Queen Bey. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't compete with that. Like she's so good. She sounded so good. When they sang um, "Can You Feel the Love Tonight," I was Ooh. like, "Oh man, come on now." Yep, there were people in my audience actually like clapping, like they were like, "Yeah." I mean, how go. can you not? Like, it was probably involuntary. So it, it was. Yeah, I have to go with Beyonce. I I didn't know. I was really excited about this voice cast coming in. Um, so I I didn't know which direction I would end up going, but whenever it came down to it at the end, I was like, it has to be Beyonce. I will say one other thing. I didn't pick Beyonce, but it's an excellent choice. This was a hard decision. Beyonce did such a good job as a voice actor, not sounding like herself. Like I wasn't listening to Nala saying, oh, that's Beyonce. Yeah, good point. I, I was like, whoa, this is good. She was great. Yeah, she put in some work. I chose the Oscar goes to J.D. McCrary, who played young Simba. Okay. This was the the this I'm not sure how old this young actor is, but I just thought he did a spectacular job in voicing young Simba. Um, previously, JTT Jonathan Taylor Thomas. So big shoes to love to. It it is, and and honestly, I found myself wanting that Jonathan Taylor Thomas performance. Did you? I, I did, and to your point, it is it is tough shoes to fill, but there were times where I just I wanted more, and and I didn't feel like. I didn't feel like either of the young actors got there for me, but that's the, that's the thing with the remake is that it's always risky and mm-hmm. people are going to interpret it different ways every time. And I think in that way, you're more likely actually to get like scattered reviews because people have a very specific view in their mind of how this movie should go. Yes. We had a 55% score on Rotten Tomatoes by critics score and an 89% on audience score. So yeah. all over the board. Right. You know, so I I liked him. I I thought he, I thought he did great. And uh, uh, like we said, what what influenced us to this movie? You had the fantastic stranger emos employee dropping fifties right. on, on the highway. And yeah, I, there was that. I was just going with my kids. So th- that's that's an interesting take there. Okay, scene stealer. I feel like we're gonna pick the same one. Probably. All right. Let's just say it on three. This will be really embarrassing if it doesn't work, right? <laughs> Wait, on three or after three? One, two, well, three, I go have to say one, two, three. three, so it'll be one, two, After. three, and then there's a pause. That's when you say it. Good call, yeah. Okay, are we saying the actor's name? Oh, man, this is a disaster. I, w- <laughs> I was going to go with the character name. Character name. Okay, got it. One, two, three. Timon, Timon and Pumbaa. Okay, oh, okay. Great. you did both. Okay, so, yeah, it's, for me, it's Timon, mm-hmm. Billy Eichner. 
honestly, the first time we get any sort, in my opinion, the first time we get any sort of dialogue that's even slightly new is when we meet Timon and Boomba. Yes. Um, I was to the point where I was like, why did they even record new dialogue for James Earl Jones? Like, right? why, why'd they do it? Because his lines, I mean, outside of like a word here, a word there, were exactly the same. 99% the same. Yeah. And so finally, we get to Timon and Pumbaa, which I thought Timon was much better than Pumbaa. I thought that Billy Eichner was much better than than um, Seth Rogen. Sure. Yeah. But we get a little bit of improv. I, I, I suspect there was some, some improv there with the lines. We get a little bit more more loose with the, with the structure. And that's when the movie really like picked up. Definitely. I love how with their improv, how meta theatrical they became became because they were playing off of tricks because of the, the moments that you love in the original Yeah. into this. And I mean, we're not doing a spoiler uh, Lion King remake because you know what happens, but there are moments that are in these performances that I won't talk about because they will make you laugh out loud. I was cackling at some of their improv lines. It was so good. Yeah, that's right. So they, they tee us up for a few of their lines. Like they tee us up for like, you're waiting for a few of the classic lines and then they go in an opposite direction. And it's, it th- those moments i will say like that's where it delivered for sure yeah and there's even some some crossover disney lore that's brought in i'll say that's where i'll stop oh yeah uh, that's a good point and timon and pumbaa are the leaders of that it's just it's so good great great uh, performances i did not know that billy eichner could sing like that oh so he can he can definitely sing he's a beautiful singer yeah he sings in he sings in parks and rec a little bit like that's kind of like part of his story towards the end yeah and then I mean, I watch Billy on the Street, which is really a really yeah. funny show, and he sings in that a little bit. He sounded great. He I, he was really a standout performer. I feel like they gave him even more sections of song than the original Timon, um, in order to just really reflect that, to really embrace how good of a singer he was. And uh, and then on the flip side of that, Seth Rogen cannot sing <laughs> in any oh, way, I shape, know. or form. I know it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Like they 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 handled it. They did, but there were there were a lot of points where you're like, yeah, I mean, he just can't sing. Yeah, and I think he knows it too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's right. I looked up some some trivia notes, and uh, what I believe happened was Pharrell Williams was actually one of his vocal coaches, and there was some arguing about how Seth Rogen couldn't get to where he should be. Yeah, <laughs> but still, nonetheless, Seth Rogen's comedic skills led Imagine him. Imagine you're Pharrell Williams, <laughs> and you have to try to coach Seth Rogen how to <laughs> sing, and not even sing like well, but like sing like a warthog, like an animated warthog and you can't even get him there right like talk about a personal nightmare that would be that would be terrible <laughs> oh man okay showstoppers showstopper. what, what, what was your showstopper in this movie so showstopper this is um, a reminder this one is production value right here i had a couple things i have three things for showstopper because they're all kind of small things Okay. Um, really, the the production was of value was great. You have these stunning visuals of these of these CGI animals. One of the things that got me was there's this sand that Simba walks across, and it looks like sand. It's it's insane. 
like mm-hmm. how his footprints and, and that he leaves behind, uh, which is so silly and so small, but it was breathtaking watching him walk across the sand. So that's one of three. Number two, the lion's ears, there were flies and, and other kind of insects constantly like landing on them. And so their little, their little ears would so cutely just twitch. And it was like, yeah, that's what, that's what lions do. That's what animals do. You go to the zoo and you see them. And I thought the, that level of detail was so spectacular. And then finally, we know that Simba sees ancestor Mufasa after Mufasa dies, not from a heart attack, uh, up in the clouds. And there's just this stunning visual of seeing Mufasa in the clouds speak back to Simba. Yeah. Those yeah. are my showstopper moments. Those, those are good. I think in general, my showstopper was the animation in this movie. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I tried to boil it down and I couldn't. It, it was insane. Mm-hmm. The, the animation was so unbelievably good. I was I was blown away. I mean, I thought that Jungle Book animation was really good, and I can remember seeing the Jungle Book remake and thinking this is really well done. They, it looks very real. To your point, like they made them seem more like real animals with the way that they had their characteristics kind of mimic what you would see these animals do. And in this movie, it was just, I mean, if you if you told me going in that this was shot with all real animals, I would have to think pretty hard about it. Like I think I'd eventually figure it out, but like it's good like they did mocap suits on all the lions and yeah other animals. no but honestly like it it it's it's incredible it, and it blew me away and that was the thing i think about this movie that's what's going to stand out about this movie for forever i think people will remember this movie because of that um so yeah the animation is is my showstopper hands excellent down. excellent all right now we're on to director's shoes what would you change if you were the director cameron okay i'll i'll I'm going to get a little bit mean. Go for it. I would have changed something. I would have changed something um, because they didn't change anything. Um, and and I, I, to be honest with you, I was very upset about that um, because if you want to do a remake and you want to make it shot for shot, go for it. But for the months leading up to that movie coming out, you telling everybody that, but that it's not a shot for shot remake and then releasing a shot for shot remake, that was exceptionally cruel. I felt like, I mean, we saw this movie with gift cards and I was really happy that we use gift cards and not my real money because I was so frustrated by the fact that, you know, you get the opening scene and it's exactly the same as the original. And I was like, that's really cool. You know, maybe they'll just do the opening scene. We don't get anything different in this movie until can't wait to be King. Um, because they clearly couldn't do that scene the same way because that scene's like red and colorful and they had to make this look more realistic. So right. it was like they stayed, they colored within the lines as much as humanly possible as they could until they couldn't. And even then they didn't take big chances. And I just felt like this was incredibly safe. You, kn- I talked about it last week. I'll talk about it again. If you're going to remake a movie, give me a reason why you have to remake it. They did not do anything new. They did not do anything that I was like, oh, that was really cool. They they couldn't have done that in the first one. No, mm-hmm. they remade the first one exactly with and with you know CGI animation instead of cartoon, and um, that the the theme of that is that it just it in every way if you're gonna do it like that with a masterpiece you're gonna end up paling in comparison because the original is always gonna be better, and that's what I feel like we were left with here, so. I would have changed something. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have taken that route. And I and I love John Favreau. I yeah. mean, I really do. I think he's an incredible filmmaker. And actually, um, 
one of the first times I heard anybody say that bit about if you're going to remake a movie, you have to have a reason to do it. It was him. It was him in the in oh, the no. after credits um, scene, like the behind the scenes features for the Jungle Book. And I thought, wow, that's a really good good point. Yeah, I feel like he compromised his 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 morals and his integrity a little bit. With I gotcha. I gotcha. I hear you on that for sure. Because I I had the same reaction um, when Circle of Life comes on and you see it. It's like this is exactly the same. That is really cool. And then you see the little mouse that's gonna be eaten, supposed to be eaten by Scar, and then gets you know trampled, uh, escapes because of Zazu. And that was when I was like, oh, we're doing the whole thing, aren't we? And then it kept going. So I hear you on that. Uh, I think what was exciting from my uh, viewing experience was that I had my my five year old and my two year old and my son yeah who has uh, recently watched Lion King so that was exciting to have him it fresh in his mind was anticipating because as a kid you want to be able to expect things to a degree especially from a cartoon translation of a movie and he was excited that he knew it was going to happen yeah and he was like calling things out like as they were about to happen uh so that that part of it was uh different different lenses on me and exciting and oh my gosh i got it again my kids were so pumped for circle of life they were just shouting shouting the animals that were appearing on the screen it was just so fun it's a great it's so good yeah they they just killed it yeah so good i wish i wish i should i should have just recorded their reactions to it because it was the cutest thing on earth so um so excellent choice though i i agree i i totally agree with you um so my director's shoes uh, two things, um, without spoiling anything, again, because of what the changes were, Be Prepared was cut short a little bit. Scar's big song. It was cut short. And I read some reasonings as to why it was. Um, one of the things is that they said that uh, the actor, and I'm going to butcher his name. You say it better than me. Chiwetel. Oh, Chiwetel Ejiofor? There it is. I messed it up. Perfect. And I love him so much, yeah. too. Um, I thought he he is i thought he was a good singer with what he presented in the movie and they were worried that his vocal wasn't strong enough and i disagree with that i think it should have been longer they cut down the song because of that i think you have to go one way or the other so yeah. i think you either have to do it full out or just cut it yes and, and, and honestly like we've seen with these remakes that they cut some songs out here and there mm-hmm. and i was thinking going into it what songs are they going to cut and be prepared was on that list i like that song but i just thought as far as being essential to the plot yep. i thought that they'd axe it but instead they just kind of like teased us with it a little bit yeah and it just it it was too short and not long enough it was it didn't fit i agree it should have been axed entirely they shouldn't have even attempted this section of it um so be prepared and i also would have differentiated the look a little bit more between scars design and mufasa's design oh good call so it was it was good that we had in this uh, more attempt to make it more realistic in this remake to make them look like brothers because there are several scenes that call like people mistake like oh there's mufasa oh no it's scar approaching yes if you think about it in the animated film the original it's like that makes no sense they're two different colors scars like red <laughs> yes. uh, you know? he's like a not natural lion color with a black mane right <laughs> so this one i respected that part of it but then at the final battle between even simba and scar right because simba is mistaken for mufasa because of their resemblance yep. which i thought they did a good job differentiating them but making them alike but when they're fighting within the fire and the night and the rain my son was like i th- i know that simba wins but i don't know who's hitting who right now oh good call so uh so shout out to my son for that note so differentiating scar and mufasa even just making and, and Simba making Scar's mane not jet black because that wouldn't have made sense with its look, but just a little bit darker to make that final scene pop and make sense for the kids, really. Yeah, 
yeah, I think that's a good, that's that's a really good call out. Something that I definitely noticed. I I did like that they looked a little more similar since yeah. they are brothers, but I agree that it was they looked they looked a lot alike. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, so I want to go back. Um, Let's do it. Because like kind of the opposite of scene stealers, there were two characters that really underwhelmed mm-hmm. for me. Zazu's at the top of that list, and I don't feel like it was because of a bad performance from John Oliver. I mean, I think we got what we thought we would get out of John Oliver. Yeah. But I think the writing let him down. And Zazu is supposed to be a, a really funny character and does such a, does such an incredible job to provide some comic relief in the in the original. And I felt like they tried to do that same thing with Timon and Pumbaa where they like tee up some of his good like punchlines yep. and then deliver something else. And every time it fell flat. For me. Yeah, I'm with you. I also think that his design could have been improved because he was skinny. And, he was know, weird looking. Yeah. From the original you know he's got a little round belly he's goofy looking i feel like you could have exaggerated him a little bit more you almost miss him because he's not physically present he gets he gets swallowed up by these big lions yeah like standing next to them so yeah i'm with you and then i feel like scar the writing kind of let him down as well because i felt like you and i both mentioned chival to edgy for good actor mm-hmm. we were expecting big things there i just thought we didn't get the same so you're supposed to kind of like scar right in the original and that makes that betrayal so much harder to take because you're like, I really like this character. And, and you know that he's got like some bad vibes, but he's, you, you don't, you're not fully convinced that he's capable of murder in the first one until he does it. Right. In this one, you're like, yeah, you're a bad dude. <laughs> I don't know. That, that, that was my take at least. Yeah. From the moment that Zazu sees him and says, Hey, why weren't you at the, you know, the, the showing of Simba, you know? I was like, well, he's going to eat Zazu right now. Like, right. <laughs> he's just, he was just evil from the get-go. There was no redeeming uh, quality for him to be pure or not evil. Yeah, and yep. we don't get that same, like, sarcastic, joking around kind of scar that we did. And so I felt like that could have been I felt like that could have been improved yep. a little bit. Good call. Um, so let's give some final thoughts, and then we'll jump into our scores. Um, I can start here. Overall, I just felt like if you ask the question, does this need to be made, I think it's a no. I think that you can absolutely sit down and watch this movie and enjoy it. If you have the proper expectations, something I say a lot is the key to happiness is, is uh, good expectations, like uh, realistic expectations, because if you're expecting something that's like new and grandiose and instead you get the same thing, you know, that's going to be a big letdown. I think that's where I fell is that I thought with John Favreau and knowing his vision for these remakes and knowing how good of a director that he is and this incredible voice cast that we were going to get, that we were going to get a story that they pushed the boundaries on a little bit. They didn't, didn't go crazy or anything. I wanted them to take some chances though, and tell us some different parts of this story. Tell us more about Nala. Um, tell us more about Sarabi or, you know, some of those other, there are some um, storylines that they explore a little bit more in the musical that I thought would have been a good fit to explore in this movie. Instead, we don't get that at all. Great point about the musical, because one of the things that I wish that they had thrown in here from the musical is a song called He Lives in You. That song is so good in the musical. It would have been so great to put in here. Also, what I'm glad that they didn't put in here was Morning Report, which got plugged into like the 15th anniversary. It was one of those like, oh, you know, now if you buy it, you get this extra song thing. I did not like that song. And there's a line that's in the original that then cues it, which is why they wrote the extra song. Um, And they still said it. And I'm like, please don't sing that song. Please don't sing that song. And they 
just to let you guys know, Morning Report is not in this movie. So yeah. thank you for not doing that. But yeah, like you said, musical, implementing some of the musical um, elements into it would have been really cool. Yeah, it just, it would have been cool to see them do something here. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wanted, I wanted desperately to like this movie because I'm such a huge fan of the original. And instead I was just left thinking, why did I see this? Why, why did I why did I spend my money on this and, and why are we even remaking this? Yeah. So kind of the best part of your experience was seeing the emos guy toss the bills. Toss $50. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. And like that I even said anything I see after this is going to pan in comparison. Cause that was the craziest thing ever. Um, anyway, what are your final thoughts? And then we'll do scores. I, I really love this movie. I, I had a great time start to finish. Uh, I, I definitely agree with all of your, with all your problem points on it, but then the overall, um, good feeling that i got out of it just overwhelmed me with a positive score for this and seeing seeing my kids get to see it and hearing them laugh and just giggle at it and my daughter hasn't seen it as much because she's only two and she was just having a a great a great great old time and uh yeah I, i really i really had a fun time with this one and let me say that baby simba it does some of the cutest little things like adorable like rubbing his nose and rolling on his back and when he gets a bath from from even cuter even cuter than the cartoon oh it's so cute there's just all these little nuances that you're just like oh i just want to hold you and pet you even though you might eat me so yeah big fan yeah so i think that's that's really the the book on this thing is go into it expecting a shot for shot remake Mm -hmm. and i don't think that's a spoiler i think you're going to come out much happier yeah if you go into it thinking that um, because if you're wanting something new, you're not going to get it here. Right. So, final scores. I am going to give this, and I'm being mean. I'm putting on my movie snob hat here, okay? So just don't don't throw any rocks at me. <laughs> I'm giving this a 5.8 out of 10 kernels for all of the reasons that I just listed. My jaw dropped. My jaw dropped. Getting a, getting a little mean, getting a little cranky today. All right. All right. I see you. I see you, Kim. What do you got? My kernel score coming in for the Lion King remake 2019. I got to go with a 9.0, man. Nine flat. Now, there Which it is. Which is the same thing we got for Toy Story 4, right? It, it was. Okay. Yes. So so you're you're on the same level for both of those movies. I am. Okay. I like so, it. Yeah. So this is a polarizing film, guys. So this it is. is. And this is good because Kirk and I are rediscovering the art of being able to disagree with each other in a civil manner. Something yeah. that is very lost in today's society. Exactly. Um, so if you have different thoughts, there's a good chance there are some people on my end of the spectrum with this movie. There are probably a lot of people on your end of the spectrum with this movie. Chat us about it. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about it. I, I want to hear all of the takes because I think that you could go anywhere with this. I think, you know, you can sit back and, and love this movie and think that it's fantastic. And I think that in a lot of ways it is. And then there could be, you know, if you if you want to put on your movie snob hat and like (laughs) poke holes in it you can do that too so or take your kids and just revel in in their love for it just enjoy it um so yeah go see go see it either way i think that um i think that out of the out of the remakes this one visually is so stunning that i don't know i i even said to jackie i was like this is almost like when people talked about you have to go see avatar because avatar is so beautiful lion king feels like that to me Mm mm-hmm I think you. I think you almost have to see it just because it looks so good. It's it's really beautiful. Okay, that's a wrap on Lion King, and now our long anticipated. We've been teasing this since the first episode. Is the Disney bracket? So, if you haven't checked out the Disney bracket by now, please do so. Kirk and I have painstakingly filled out these brackets over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. We're going back and forth. We're 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 writing things. We're racing them, scribbling them out. But now. We have our final 
clean copies of our brackets and we are going to list these off. And so where we're going to start, because we're not going to do every single matchup. We, so the bracket is divided into regions. Let me read these off for you. The first region is the classics. That's from Snow White, which was 1937, all the way up until 1979. So those are all the movies that you would deem a Disney classic, most likely, would fall into that category. Then we've got the 1890 through 1999, which this is a, this is a very iconic era for Disney, and that's where you have a lot of your still classic films, but not like that old-style animation, sort of the more modern films that um, a lot of people who are growing up and having kids now kind of live through. So Lion King and Toy Story and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin are some of the heavy hitters on that side. Then on the other half of the bracket, we've got 2000 through 2009, because you have to remember, like, the rate at which people were able to crank out movies increased by a lot. Mm -hmm. So the same amount of movies that you could create in 10 years, it took Disney, like, 40 to do back in the day. So um, this is 2000 through 2009. That was kind of a rough area for Disney. I'm just going to go out and say that. And then finally, 2010 through the present, which, when I say present, does not include Toy Story 4. Mm -hmm. So that is the one that it doesn't include because it wouldn't be fair to score it. And when I say score it, I want to dig into the methodology a little bit here. Each of these movies in, in this bracket were chosen because they are feature-length films that got theatrical releases by either Disney Animation Studios or Disney Animation Studios in conjunction with Pixar. They have to be theatrical releases, they have to be full-length, feature-length movies, and they have to be among the top 64 movies in that set in terms of gross domestic earnings in the box office, which is adjusted for inflation. So if it was, you know, $100,000 back in the day, that might be worth multiple millions now. And it has to have gotten a uh, critic score, like the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes factors into it too. So both of those were weighted, weighted evenly. So basically I would take the average of all the critic scores in Rotten Tomatoes and use that as an index and score them and then add those up and would see the movies based on that basically some crazy analytics went into making this list and it's wonderful so yeah so love it. You, for sure you're going to see things on here that you're like oh that shouldn't be that seed but you can't just go off of your gut you, you mm -hmm. have to because everybody's got different opinions on movies so we mm -hmm. had to go had to get some science we had to go jesse pinkman on this thing <laughs> and get some science in here um so let's start with sweet 16 let's start with the classics region who is competing in your Sweet 16 in the classic regions? What are those four movies, Kirk? Peter Pan, 101 Dalmatians, Robin Hood, Cinderella. Okay, so my first two are different, but I've also got Robin Hood and Cinderella. Mm -hmm. I've got the Aristocats and the Jungle Book. Nice. Okay, 1980 through 1999, what do you got? Lion King, Toy Story, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. Same four. Whoa. Okay, that's okay. good. That's good. Um, and I mean, that, that whole side of the bracket is so stacked Yeah. that... Um, but I feel like most versions of this that I've seen come out have those four, mm -hmm. and they're just such big names. Yep. All right, this is the weird region, 2000 through 2009. What this are is going to be all over the board. Yeah, what are your four? Finding Nemo, Emperor's New Groove, The Incredibles, Cars. Okay. I did not expect you to say Emperor's New Groove. I have Emperor's New Groove as well. Mm -hmm. I have Nemo, I have The Incredibles, and then I have Monsters, Inc. Okay, very nice. Um, 2010 to present, Big Hero 6, Frozen. Oh, wow. Tangled. Moana. Ooh, okay. I've got Incredibles 2, Coco, Inside Out, and Moana. Okay. All right, so let's let's break down some of these matchups. First up on your bracket, you've got, in, in the Classics region, what's your first matchup there? Peter Pan and 101 Dalmatians, I think? Yes. 
And who do you have coming out of that one? Peter Pan. Okay. Um, same matchup. I had Aristocats and Jungle Book, and I've got the Jungle Book. Okay. And I love the Jungle Book. I know that it struggles from a storytelling perspective. It's not the world's most linear story, but the music, mm-hmm. the animation is fun. You get a lot of fun characters. And I think Peter Pan's a really solid choice, too. Yeah. Jungle Book isn't one that I watched uh, repeatedly. I don't know why. Um, maybe because I'm your your basic white boy who would watch something linear. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe. Uh, so, yeah. But great choice. Okay. Next one. We both had Robin Hood versus Cinderella. And who did you have emerging victorious? I had Robin Hood come out. I had Cinderella. Okay. Okay. So Robin Hood's another one. It was it was kind of like created in that same era where they were making the Aristocats and they were kind of using like the same voice actors and actresses and like mm-hmm. some of the same uh, like animation even. And that's just such a fun film. I think for me when it came down to Cinderella, it was the music. Yes. I And that a lot of times, especially on this left side of the bracket where you have these heavy music movies, it a lot of times comes down to the music. Yeah, this one, came, I actually rewatched both of these recently because we've been doing Saturday movie nights with uh, me and my wife and the kids. And we watched both of these pretty close together. And Robin Hood, I, which I used to think as an adult was, oh, it's kind of boring. I watched it back. I was like, it's got some killer humor in there, you know? And Yeah, it's that's, funny. That's it's, what pulled ahead for me. It is really funny. Okay, so then that means... Your final two in that region are the Peter Pan and Robin Hood. That's right. What okay. you got? And mine are The Jungle Book and Cinderella. Okay. Okay. Moving down, we're going to do – we have the same four. So first up for both of us, The Lion King and Toy Story. I had Lion King. Same. Okay. Beauty and the Beast versus Aladdin. I had Beauty and the Beast. I had Aladdin. Okay. And th- that matchup, man, that is the toughest one. It's not fair. Because <laughs> Aladdin – I mean, that Robin Williams performance – is so iconic Mm -hmm. and it defines that movie but beauty and the beast i just love the music and it was nominated for best picture man Mm -hmm. it was um aladdin i was aladdin for halloween at at some point yeah i remember um running around in in my aladdin costume and like jumping up on things like i was running across agrabah (laughs) in the uh and everything so that's that's what that's that's what gets me i really i really loved aladdin and uh you know this what is what is it called the um uh, the street rat reprise like that that song oh, is so yeah. good it gets me every time it is good um okay so then on that side we ended up we both had lion king but you had aladdin i had beating the beast okay mm-hmm. moving into the 2000s i had um emperor's new groove and finding nemo which you you both did i had we both had that mm-hmm. i have emperor's new groove coming out on top of finding nemo okay what about you i had nemo okay and this is the one people are going to be like, wow, Cam's such a weirdo. Like, he he loves Emperor's New Groove so much. But that movie is so underrated, right? It is, yes. And so I I never saw Emperor's New Groove when it came out. And to this day, and I'll say this, this, this is on me. I have never watched it to, in completion. I've watched every part of it um, at some point, but I've not watched it all, in one sitting. That's awesome. <laughs> so I really love it. I appreciate the humor. It was way before it's time and is underrated. Um, funny Nemo got, got me because of the, the task of what it, what it accomplished when it did about, Oh, we're taking on the ocean. Let's go. Yeah. And what a beautiful movie that is. Mm-hmm. It's man. It's it. They do such a good job with that. But Emperor's new groove has some killer, humorous moments like you're laughing the entire time yeah seriously though if you haven't seen this movie or if you saw it when you were younger and you thought it sucked please i'm begging you to give it another chance so that's my homework i've got the rest of lord of the rings uh to watch still and this oh it's piling up yes (laughs) (laughs) it's it's piling up on you but seriously new groove 
it, it's great. Um, then I had Incredibles versus Monsters. Mm-hmm. And what did you have in the next matchup? I had Incredibles versus Cars. Okay. And I went with Monsters, Inc. And I went with Cars. Okay. So kind of the same. We yeah, saw the other one. It was, it's, the, it was it's the better one. It's pretty similar. And I know that like Cars for you will always hold a special place in your heart because you because Asher was such a big Cars fan. We have pretty much every character from the Cars trilogy uh it's it's fantastic we have a bunch of these play sets we basically have the playset of radiator springs on a little table in our playroom that he just plays non-stop and our daughter's kind of started to play with them too now so cars has to win there yeah cars is awesome and that that first cars movie is so good i know mm-hmm. that like the whole trilogy like say what you will there's there's some stinkers in there for sure but for me what makes cars really good is when you go to disneyland and you see that cars land oh that just is breathtaking it really is and it's it's like the most it feels like it's just straight out of the movie and i can remember taking asher like when we all went as a family and asher went him seeing it just so cool yeah um monsters was a movie for me that i was just i don't i don't know how to explain it but this is a movie that i just kept coming back to Mm -hmm. i was a kid who slept with the tv on in my room and monsters inc was on for years like literally like it was my go-to for years and i can't really explain why because when people would ask me like what's your favorite movie? You would never enter the conversation, but it just, it's, I guess it is, I guess it is up there. And every, cause every time I do this bracket or something equivalent, I end up with monsters way higher than I expect. Yeah. Uh, I just really enjoy that movie. Two things about monsters Inc. Is that a also has a fantastic ride at Disney. Really fun. ride. Oh, that is fun. Yeah. yeah Disney you've got the doors and everything. And two, in a similar way, I feel like monsters Inc. was, is, has a lot of intellect into it. Um, it like, it was more apparent when we saw Inside Out that came out much later. Yeah. You know, like, oh my gosh, all these feelings. Like, how how creative is this? But Monsters Inc. kind of led that with, you know, monsters. Yeah. Like, it's, so, it's so cool how they help develop this world and this is what they do to live, to survive. And uh, it's really it's really great. Yeah. And so when it comes to Pixar, like in the same way that you look at those Disney movies and you go, it comes down to the music. For Pixar, it comes down to how original is this idea? Yes, exactly. Um, and there are some, like you mentioned, that just stand out above the rest. Inside Out is one of them monsters inc is definitely one of them um and i think it's just such a such a great original concept that it's always up there for me Mm -hmm. okay next round i had the incredibles 2 versus coco and i had coco coming out on top of that one okay okay i had big hero 6 versus frozen Mm. and big hero 6 one i think that's a surprise pick yes yeah talk to me about big hero 6 and why you like that one so much that one okay both of these movies are we just talked about originality both very original like super crazy stuff that happens in them um but big hero 6 was really just a surprise i didn't expect to like it in the slightest i also didn't expect to like frozen because i was um pretty old when i was an adult when frozen came out but yeah when and big hero 6 too i guess too but anyway big big hero 6 was just oh man i can't i can't even put it into words it's just um it's just an adventure ride that that's really it was just geared toward me in a total it's like a total departure from anything they had done yeah like, you know it, it just feel it doesn't feel like a pixar film or, or is it disney animation studios or pixar i can't remember. Uh, i can't quite remember either i can't pinpoint why i picked this one over frozen but i don't know i had to that's awesome gut, gut feeling yeah it's funny um when i first when i first made this bracket coco had just come out mm-hmm. and i wasn't super high on coco at the time but i've watched it so many times since then and i i loved it i don't want to say that i wasn't high on it i did love it but yep. Thinking of it being in my elite eight, so to speak, like it's crazy to think about, but man, that movie, the music, all of it. I love the aesthetic of the movie. I love the detail. 
I think it's so good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I had Inside Out versus Moana, and you had Tangled versus Moana. I did. And I'm gonna get. I'm gonna bet that we both had Moana. Correct? We did. Okay. We did. Yeah. Moana. It, it comes down to the music in that one too, mm-hmm. and it's because Lin Manuel. Yes. And Lin Manuel's ridiculous, <laughs> and uh, that that music more so than with other movies. Even and Maui is a great character, and mm-hmm. Moana is a great character. And we have lots of great characters, but the music just carries that one over the top. It does. It does. It's incredible. Okay, Elite Eight. We've got. Let's just. Uh, we we know our matchups. So you've got Peter Pan versus Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Who comes out of that one? Peter Pan versus Robin Hood comes to Peter Pan. Okay. I had the Jungle Book versus Cinderella, and I'm going with the Jungle Book. All right. Um, so Jungle Book being in my final four, I will say, like, I'm I'm surprised by that, just, like, reading through this. But I think it has the easier – has, like, an easy-ish path. Like, it yeah. has to go through Sword in the Stone, 101 Dalmatians, et cetera. Um, so it only has to win a couple big ones. Um, so I think that's why that one ends up there. Yeah, that, the classics is probably the easiest section to walk through um, as far as the breakdowns. Yeah. I don't know why. That, for me, it was that one was the fastest one I did. I think so, too. Okay, the, the next Elite Eight matchup. Lion King versus Aladdin for you and Lion King versus Beauty and the Beast for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had to go Lion King, man. Lion King, I mean... Yeah, it had to be like we heard. We heard how much in your review, how much the OG was uh, was way better than when I was a kid. I used to watch this movie and then I would rewind it and I would watch it again. I would watch it multiple times a day. As soon as it was done, you could hear the VCR rewinding and it was it was game time. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I had Aladdin. Ooh man. Good one. Aladdin. And that is for me and most of these brackets that I've read. That's the tipping point. Mm -hmm. Like. A lot of times, and we'll see if it's true here, but a lot of times what comes out of that area is what wins the whole thing. 1980 to 1999, hardest section on this bracket. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so then the next one. I had Emperor's New Groove versus Monsters. You had Emperor, or you had Nemo versus Cars. That's right. And my winner here was Monsters, Inc. Okay, great. Which was, I filled out this bracket at a previous iteration of it, and New Groove came out every time. But like I said, Monsters, Inc. is just like, for whatever reason, it's it's just like, it's in, it's it's engraved in my soul. It's right. like it left a huge impact on me, and so there it is in the final four. Yep. So Nemo versus Cars for me had to go Cars. Yeah. Winner, just like that. Not, Love it. No contest. Yep. Okay. Final region. I had Coco versus Moana, and you had Big Hero Six versus Moana. What'd you go with? Moana. Same. Mm-hmm. Moana. I think Moana. When I look back at everything that's come out recently, and this is this is over the last you know nine years now, mm-hmm. the and this is I think this is telling because we've talked about it before, but the 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 level of quality that Disney has achieved here recently has been really high, and so this isn't like you know in the two thousands like you you there's some real stinkers in that in that bracket, so it's not as impressive when something comes out on top there, but to come out of that two thousand ten to present bracket as the number one. That means that you're a really good movie, and right. Moana fits that bill for yep. sure. Yep, yep, yep. I'm there with you. Okay, I will give my final four, my and then all the way through the end, and then you do do yours. So okay. to recap, my final four: The Jungle Book, The Lion King, Monsters Inc., Moana. My final two were The Lion King and Monsters Inc., and my winner was The Lion King. Bravo. Had to be. Had to be The Lion King. This is it's it's my movie. It's my Disney movie. That's a great path right there. Congratulations, Lion King. 
hopefully I'm, I'm, a, I'm sure that there are many others that also got Lion King in their final pick. So. I've seen a lot of Lion Kings come through. Mm-hmm. I feel like more often than not, as soon as we get a bracket, I'll like look straight at the middle and it'll be like Lion King. <laughs> yes. What did you have? Final four, Peter Pan, Aladdin, Cars, Moana. Final two, Aladdin and Cars. Okay. The winner. Aladdin. Okay, so it happened. It did. The, the whatever comes out of that bottom bracket, man, that's more often than not, that's what ends up winning it. Yes. And is it just so you mentioned the Halloween costume? Mm-hmm. That that it's always something like that that pushes these movies over the top. It's like some sort of personal, like memento that you have. But other than that, I mean the music and I'm sure like the acting performances. What is it that sticks out most about Aladdin? Everything you just said. It just just I think one of the biggest reasons that all these remakes are happening, not to tell new a new story or a new side of it, is because the nostalgia factor that they're like people love these movies. They're ingrained in society and pop culture, and this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna get these people back (laughs) to see these, and yeah, I'm down for it. Ironically, I still have not seen the live action Aladdin. I haven't either. And maybe it's because I I loved Aladdin so much, yeah. um, but I will see it. Yeah, maybe you'll have a similar it. reaction to that as I did to The Lion King. I then, very well may. Yeah, it could yeah. be. Um, so that is finally a wrap on the Disney brackets. We had a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys had a lot of fun filling these out too. If you hadn't filled it out, please do it. Send it over. Yeah. Kirk and I, right after this, are going to go post ours online so that you can see the full bracket because really, I mean, it's such a tease just to do the top 16 and go from there. You want to see the full thing and how we got there. So... We'll take a photo of this and post it on there. Give us all your feedback. Give us all your hot takes. Give us all your criticism. We want it. We want all the smoke. Not me. Just Cameron, please. Okay, so just give me the smoke. (laughs) That's fine. Um, All right, and so that is a wrap on episode three. Thanks, guys. um, The next episode, what are we going to review? Should we should we pull this or should we just say it's going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Mm, I'm leaning toward Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but let's throw a poll too. Let's see if uh, let's see if someone sends us to see something else, like okay. like Crawl or something. Yeah, I don't know. well, which I mean, Crawl got pretty good reviews. It has been. So that's I wouldn't be opposed to that. All mm-hmm. right, so we'll we'll throw a poll up that basically asks you what you want us to see. I think we're both we were both kind of leaning towards Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but want to see if there's anything else that you want to hear from us. We will still see Once Upon a Hollywood, uh, yeah, but we'll also see whatever you pick yeah. if it's not that. Yeah, it's funny. Kirk last night was was texting me and and you were like, people are gonna think this show's only about Disney and Marvel, <laughs> and I was like, okay, fair point, but eventually, like eventually, we have to have an episode where they're not doing anything big on the Disney Marvel landscape, right? They have to have a break, yeah. I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but it looks like next week is going to be that. So we're excited to dive into some more stuff. Hopefully, um, we haven't inundated you too much with Disney and Marvel talk. But um, until next time, want to give a special thanks to Ryan Spriggs, who always helps us produce this podcast and use the studio. And thank you to Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed for that banging intro song and outro. We will play it out and we will see you guys next week. Talk to you then.